Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we are back for episodes three and four of season three, which is the grand finale of the mob family arc, as it is inartfully called on the uh, <laughs> DVDs. Like, seriously, that's not helpful, guys. I, I would have gone with the commission arc. I think that's a little, I mean, that's, it gets the point across and it is accurate. Yeah. Mob family arc is just a weird way to describe these set of episodes, even if that is strictly speaking accurate. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, we start with the character I was talking about last week, Peter Alatori, who is of course, uh, the guy running for governor <laughs> of New York and his, uh, he's got a lot of pressure. Right. Because of all of the crime, you know, the mob war that is going on, like three mob bosses were killed in the past couple of weeks and you got people fighting in the street over garbage routes. Obviously, this is bad. Obviously, everybody's concerned. And he, they want to know what he's going to do about it because he's a prosecutor now and he wants to be the governor. So obviously, you know. He's in a position where he wants to be responsible for this stuff. So everyone's like, what's he going to do? And uh, the big question is that he keeps getting asked is, who's in charge of the mob? And he tells them to go ask Albert, who the head of the mob is. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and then we cut right to Vinny and Albert at Albert's place in uh, the most ambitious shot that the show has ever done. Like, were you paying attention to this shot? Get it up Wait. on your screen now. Okay, from the moment that, uh, like, we cut to uh, Albert's house, right? Oh, Albert's house. So yeah, that's yes. what I said. Albert's house. So we start with him, right, looking to go ask Albert, and he's preparing some flowers because he wants to bring his family back. He's getting the house ready. And... We do this, they cut to him upstairs, moving, uh, placing the flowers from room to room with Vinny, and it's all done in one take. You know, like, they do this long take upstairs, and then they cut, then they come downstairs, and he moves in and out of rooms, and he's talking to Vinny, and this scene is going on and on, moving around this set without any cuts. And it's just, I gotta say, like, it's this nice moment, right, of showing his house as a fully realized space. See what I'm saying? I mean, it's not the longest yeah. and it's not big and show offy, but it's like it's this moment where they're just trying to show that this is a real lived in space by walking through all of it. And I think it's a really nice touch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is because it, it it does show you who Albert is. Yeah, it really does. I don't even think Albert cheats on his wife. No, you really don't get that sense. No, no. <laughs> You know, you really don't get that sense because that's like Albert really he he has this idealized version of the mob and he wants to live every part of it. Like he really does. And again, as you say, he probably doesn't even have mistresses because he thinks of himself as a family man who's building something for the future. And like he's part of this. What do you call it? Uh, and he uh, has. And oh, the please. funny thing is. No, no. He has different roots than all these other guys. Yeah, that's true. As we talked about last week, like, he is he is a first-generation mob boss. 
Yeah, he you grew know? he grew up from the bottom. He came up from the bottom. His dad. He's not there because his dad was connected. He's not there because he has a family connection. He did it all himself. Yes. Yeah, so, and so, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's very different than the rest of the guys. Yeah. And then he. Uh, oh God! And then we. So he and Vinny again talk about the situation. He's got the garbage garbage bars. He's got the fact that you know, in all likelihood, he suspects that Grosset had uh, everybody killed in an attempt to take over the commission. They are, you know, <laughs> it's it's a rough situation for him. And he and Vinny have a lot to talk about. And you're like, it's it's a testament to how deep Vinny has managed to get into this. That he is like talking the highest possible end mob business with one of the biggest mob bosses in New York. <laughs> and he's an FBI agent. <laughs> it's It's very nice, right? And... He really, it's, it's this thing of how far has he come from the first season, you know? I yeah, really like it, that about it. In a couple of years. In just a couple of years, I, yeah. Well, it did help, remember, it did help that Mama married Don Ayuko. Well, <laughs> this would not have happened if yeah. she hadn't married the Don. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's 100% true. And so then, of course, uh, uh, the Albert goes out and he talks to the press because he's got to go to the airport and get his family back, which is what he was preparing the house for. And he talks to the press and he says, you know, why, why are you always calling me uh, a hoodlum? I'm a legitimate businessman. He does all of the regular stuff and he's, you know, he's fun and charming. And he brings up, of course, his, uh, you know, if he was a, he brings up the garbage barge again, which is important for later, but it's nice that they have him bring up the garbage barge to remind us of it. In a completely uh -huh. natural way. Right? I thought that was nice. And at the same time, uh, <laughs> Vinny is like trying to see where business is going and what's going to happen. And we get this great moment where his family is absolutely mobbed by the media. At and the it's airport. Robert Gabby's fault. Of course. He's told. <laughs> yeah, because he said with the... Yeah, but I mean... You know, uh, I'm sure the media would have been following him anyway. <laughs> like, I don't think there was a good way out, but his son is traumatized by the situation. Quite obviously, and his wife is traumatized by the situation. And yeah, like, there's no, there's no good side of turning your family into this public spectacle, as we know. And that's the interesting thing. That's something we actually, the show addressed once ever in the pilot. <laughs> Remember? Tracy Steelgrave, yeah. you know, like the, and that's the thing. It is this interesting byproduct of the life they choose to leave is lead is their kids don't get to choose, you know, that their dads are in the mob, right? Their kids don't get a say in this and it leads to these really messed up lives. And yeah. it's interesting that this is the, it's like all of these years, this is only the second time ever they've talked about this byproduct of the life they live. That it's like, it's not just them. Right? It's not just them, but it's their kids, you know, and their families who are brought into this. It's not just that they're deciding to make, step outside of the law and make their own decisions and taking the consequences. There are innocent bystanders. You can say their spouses knew who they were marrying, and I'm sure that's true, but it wasn't their kids' choice. And that is why the episode is called Sins of the Father. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, it. Well, yes. And we'll get into more and more of why it's called Sins of the Father shortly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because it is. Um, yeah. And you did see it. Well, you did see it already with Tracy Steelgrave, mm-hmm. right? She took off. She took off as far away as she could get from New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She went to Los Angeles to go to school. And as she says, like. She, you know, holidays, she's back and she's Tracy Steelgrave and she hangs out and she loves her family. But the rest of the time, like, she is not that person. She is not part of this life. She doesn't talk about it. She doesn't let anybody know who her family is. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like you wonder if Albert's son is going to end up the same way, because quite obviously he, as we'll hear later in the episode, he has no interest in his son joining the Mafia. It's the, the Godfather thing over and again, uh, over again. You know, he has no interest in his son becoming a hoodlum like he is. That's the last thing Albert would want. But again, I'm I'm jumping ahead in the episode. Yeah, now you're ju- now you're I'm jumping, jumping ahead. ahead. But I but the thing is, is that when you were talking, I was thinking about the Godfather too. Yeah, that you know. But there you go. It is uh, it is hard to let go of those roots. Yeah. The godfather, I mean, he loses his wife. He essentially loses his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well, one of them. I mean, the other one becomes a priest. Uh, his daughter dies. His son becomes a priest. All right. Uh, and so, yeah, like, it's everything is destroyed by the mafia in the world of the godfather, which is, you know, I think it's a pretty strong message. I think it's a well, pretty- become, well, becoming a priest is the only acceptable way to get away. Oh, yeah. Well, it was and interesting. Michael Corleone didn't. He became a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think it's it's an interesting thing. Like Godfather Take uh, Part Three takes. Um, how shall I put this? It gets a lot of crap for a lot of things about the episode uh, about the movie. And yeah, had they had a better actress playing uh, his daughter, <laughs> I think it would be better respected. She's just not very good. That's true. I mean, Sofia Coppola is a much better director than she ever was an actress. Right. Uh, But at the same time, you're like, there is good stuff in there about corruption and about how every like how the mafia and let's uh, corrupts every part of uh, what do you call it? Um, Existence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, every part of existence. Well, uh, because it's all about their relation. The entire movie is about their relationship with the church and the scandal that got a pope murdered by the mob that one time. Which is something a lot of people, like, I mean, like, look it up, people. This sounds crazy, but a new pope came in, and he was going to take a look at the papal bank. And the papal bank was involved in a lot of deals with the mafia, and that pope mysteriously died. Like, how how soon was it that he died after being elected pope? About five and a half months or six months. This is what I'm talking about. Like, and out then, of then nowhere. John Paul II. And then we got John Paul too, who would, you know, toe the company line. <laughs> but it's like, it's interesting. Like, I, I know it sounds crazy for me to say, and it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but the mom probably murdered a Pope. You know, <laughs> the problem and the crazy part is the mob teamed up with the Catholic Church to murder a Pope. <laughs> you know, it's not like the mob snuck in without anybody knowing about it. They used the Swiss Guard to do it. Like... So yeah, a scare, bit of a scary situation. Anyway, 
we're not here to talk about the Pope. Let's move on to the next part of uh, <laughs> the episode, which is, of course, Vinny going and trying to make a uh, essentially checking in with um, Carlo and Joey about expanding and not giving away their territory and standing up for the mob. Uh, yeah. And of course, this is A, what Albert wants, but B, he wants to get them, you know, out there making moves so he can get them arrested on something. <laughs> yes, yeah, he well, has an ulterior motive, but he does. Uh, yeah, but, but, he, it, but he does want. I mean, the idea is to make peace. Yeah. And, and why are they doing this? Exactly. Yeah, they want to make peace. They want to wrap. He wants to wrap this thing up. And honestly, the best way to make peace is to have business together. That's just a fact. Yeah, yeah like he he's not wrong. Uh, and so it gets very interesting because Joey wants no part of it, but Carlo absolutely does want to yes. be doing new business and wants to be earning because yep. he's lower on the totem pole. So he's always looking for a way to make some extra money. He's always looking for a way to move up. That's just the way it works in any business. Like if you're, if you're at the top, all you're concerned about is keeping your position. And if you're not at the top, your only concern is getting to the top. And so, like, Carlo might be loyal to Joey, but at the same time, like, when he and Vinny are alone and Vinny's like, there's money to be made here, his first statement is, I'll take him down to Atlantic City and I'll talk to him. I'm sure I can convince Joey that this is a good deal. So, you know, right there, <laughs> you see that Carlo is not necessarily corruptible or seducible, but he can be manipulated if there's something that's obviously going to benefit him. Yes. Which, of course, becomes the plot of the episode. <laughs> we're, we're getting, if you wonder why we're so happy, we're getting close to one of our favorite scenes in the show. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I just love the, uh, and just the casual, awful racism and whatnot of him, of Vinny saying they should pu push up town. And the response from Joey being that Jews do business uptown. <laughs> I know. I know. Right? It's just so casually awful. And, and Vin A responds with the classic, that's because they know where the money is. You know, even he's responding with casual anti-Semitism. Because that's the world these guys live in. Well, yes, and we already know what they think of the Schwartzes. So. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we we absolutely know that. I mean, we remember Sonny Steel Crave and uh and trying to well, do business. Even, well, and even as Don Ayupo says, don't tell your mother. Yeah, don't tell your mother. People as he says, people well, stick to their own. Yes. All right. And then we go back to Peter Alatori trying to figure out why he's not winning the race, right? Yeah. And it's like how can we make the mob Right. Uh, how can we make the mob the focus? How can we get them? And they figure out, you know, going through all of their paperwork on what's going on, because remember, he's a prosecutor, so he has access to stuff that he can use. Right. He has access to stuff that he can use in order to, uh, let's face it, get an underhand advantage on his opponent. <laughs> Well, yes, that's politics. Remember? He's using it. Yeah, no, it absolutely. I just think it's funny that he is using his position of power to get an unfair advantage over his opponent. And he's the good guy in this story. 
Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just, again, reminding everybody that everything is corrupt at every level. <laughs> whether that's the mob or whether the government, you're always going to see people working their angle. And the mob isn't that different than the government. And in fact, like, well, we'll talk about Albert in a second. But what they realize is there's a new guy hanging around the mob scene, right, who hasn't been a big player in any way. And that's Vincent Terranova. And they open up the files and, oh, my God, his his mother is married to Rudy Ayupo. <laughs> this is huge. It's like, oh, my God. And so they're like, we're going to have a press conference and we're going to announce that Rudy Ayupo is still running the commission through his son-in-law uh, sorry not no, son-in-law his stepson. stepson his stepson vincent terranova and the thing is like he's not wrong like that is what's happening <laughs> like we as the audience who like Vinny and want Vinny to do well knows this would be dire for him but like peter's correct that is what's happening <laughs> yes Except that the dawn is in New York, not in Palermo. <laughs> not in Palermo. That's the only difference. Yeah, that's the yeah. only difference between his theory and what's actually happening. Yeah, and I think I think it's kind of funny. Uh, and then, of course, we get the fantastic scene when Frank goes to talk talk Peter out of doing this announcement. Yeah, right. And <gasps> it's a good scene, really good scene. Yeah, but as Peter says, I need something. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's what I love about this scene is we go down to transactional, these kind of transactional relationships, which is like, as Peter said, because uh, he has to tell. I mean, the guy's a prosecutor, the guy's running for governor. He can be trusted with the information that Vinny is an undercover agent. Right. And he is blown away by the fact that they managed to get an undercover agent that far into La Familia. Right. Right. But at the same time, uh, he as he says, it's the end of October. Right. He can't. If this had Wait. happened back in the summer, he could cancel a press conference and no one would remember it come Election Day. But it's the end of October. Election Day is in two weeks. He cannot say he's got a giant announcement about the mob and then cancel the press conference and not say anything about it. He just there's no way for him to do that. And they have a wonderful conversation. Like they have a really genuine conversation about like. Uh, what it means to be a mobster. Uh, it's like, and what that says about Italian people, uh, what it says about Italian people and how, like, what you're going to do is uh, you're going to trap Vinny in this stereotype of the Italian mobster for the rest of his life. You know, because as Frank says, yeah, Vinny's been in the papers before, but only as also arrested was Vinny Terranova. Right. Reputed. Well, I mean, we saw the newspaper, right? When he yeah. met Roger. Reputed trigger man for the mob. Also arrested was Vinny Terranova. Reputed trigger man for the New Jersey Mafia. Yeah. Which is, you know, that is accurate. <laughs> and it gets kind of good because under no circumstances does Peter want to do like he's not going to call it off unless Frank can do something. Right. Yeah. Unless Frank can do something for him. <laughs> Oh, God. And so they try to do a pullout, right? They try to pull Vinny out. Uh, yeah. The idea is they want him to, because, like, his cover could, like, it's possible his cover could be blown. They don't know what the, you know, the blowback of this is going to be, and they want to be able to consult with him and get ready. 
but he's already like at Albert's place for a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and that he's not going to be able to get out of. But then serendipitously, Albert cancels the meeting and drives off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In a uh, rush. Yeah, in a hell of a rush because there's something going on with his son. And <laughs> And this is where I mean when okay. I I have often said, right, and we'll we'll talk about that scene when it happens, but it's like that Albert is one of the most sympathetic guys, right? In the whole run of this show. And I, I think I stand by that with this reviewing, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But first we get uh, Vinny being pulled out and ha having to fly to D.C. to talk about their strategy and what's going to happen to his life if this all gets taken away from him, which is uh, another really good scene. Yeah. Right? But and the funny thing is, is that it isn't... The funny thing is, is it's the long-term yeah. impact on his life as opposed to... The short term, I mean, for in the short term, this doesn't matter. No, no, no. If it'll, he came, if it got announced, well, as Peter said, like, it does, A, it'll just make his job easier, right? Because yeah. every mobster in the country will trust him now, right? Yeah. And Peter, Peter's right about that. And as you say, like, anyone close to him is fine with it, but they're thinking about the long term. Like, what does this mean 10 years from now, right? What does this mean 20 years from now? For Vinny. Like, what is his life going to be if he is known publicly in the newspapers to be, you know, a mob boss? Like, can you ever unring that bell? Oh. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, like, I was about to ask, like, it's an answer. And the answer, of course, is is no. That's one of the things. Like, there's plenty of news stories that can you uh, you can leave behind you and that you can, you know, get out of. But being but. a mob boss? Eh, remember, not so much. Uh, yeah, and remember, this is just prior to the internet becoming a thing. Yep. <laughs> Where nobody can. Yeah, it's like now. Now you Google anyone's name and you find out everything they ever did. And if you're a mob boss, that one's really at the high on that list. <laughs> it's so funny sometimes watching this and going. Ah, uh, yes, but you don't know what the world is going to be like in 10 years. It's going to begin. Hell is going to begin. I know. And this the crazy part is, it's like, I'm not spoiling much, because hopefully you've watched these episodes, uh, everyone listening. But, like, the existence of payphones is actually vital to the story this week. <laughs> I know. That's the other. It's so funny, right? I mean, yeah. I'm Watch I I, what, I watched some movie the other day and it was like an older movie, right? And right. you just well, yeah, but I couldn't find a payphone. I know, and you're like, oh, right. The way the world was, and you know, until just, very recently, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's it's crazy. It is really crazy. All right, so uh, and then uh, while they're getting Vinny out of the city to you know confab on this issue we see them setting up the sting because their whole plan is to get convince carlo to you know threaten and extort a garbage company uptown right and they have as as peter says he canceled his uh what do you call it friday press conference and gave frank two days to get him a story on yeah. sunday 
And as he says, Sunday, you got the whole news day to yourself. Nothing happens on a Sunday. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so they're setting up a fake garbage company in the hope that Carlo will come in, muscle it, they'll, ar- they'll arrest him, and they'll be able to use that as his big move into the, right, as a way of saying we're cleaning up the cartage industry, right? So there you go. Right? And so, yeah. And again, I just want to remind everybody, this is the same industry that the entire show The Sopranos was about. Like, <laughs> it is. Just, yeah. just a little context. It's just like they're really talking about, um, in the same way that Sopranos told the exact same story as um, the the whole of The Sopranos basically takes the entire the same story of the Sunny Steelgrave arc, which is arc, which is that the New York mob, right? Is trying to get muscle. rid of the Jersey. Yeah, muscle out the Jersey families and consolidate power. Like, that's the story both of the entire show, The Sopranos, and the first nine episodes of Wise Guy. And this section is set in the cartage industry, which is where the entirety of The Sopranos is set in. I'm not saying The Sopranos was an original in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying it's interesting that these two definitive shows about the mafia are about unbelievably similar things. I think it's just, it's worth, <laughs> it bears mentioning. Yes. All right. I'm sure that the writers and the creators of The Sopranos saw. Were aware of Wise Guy? Of course they were. They saw. Come on. Everyone who is anyone in prestige television knew about Wise Guy. Like, Wise Guy was it. And I, I mean, yeah, it was just it for the fans and for the people who really love TV, but Wise Guy was it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're setting it up, and Vinny, then we cut to Vinny. He's back to, uh, right? He's With Albert and he's waiting to find out if they can put this deal together. And then Albert shows up and we get this, fa- another fantastic shot where it's done in a couple of takes, but I believe that this is, well, no, a couple of different angles, but you kind of believe this is all one take because otherwise they would have had to completely reset that office. Yeah. Because Albert, I mean, Citizen Kane style just tears apart the office. Yes. And we find out why his son has been kicked out of the boarding school because or his not dad is a private not boarding school. school, the private school. Yes, it's not a boarding school. His son lives at home. Uh the private school because his dad is a mobster. And that's this is the crazy like the the thing about Albert is, and this is, again, why he winds up being one of the most sympathetic people ever, is he's not just angry. Because if Albert was a sociopath, he would be just angry that this is, and he is angry, right? He's absolutely furious, but he's not just angry. And I think it's notable that he's not trashing other people's cars and he's not, you know, going looking for something to beat up. He's destroying his own office because he's blaming himself for what his son is going through. Yes. And that is something a sociopath would never do. He knows, he knows, well, the sins of the fathers. Exactly. Like that's what the... He knows it. Like, he knows this is his fault. He knows that his son is in pain because of the way he's chosen to live his life, right? And it's it's just a great scene because it really gets you inside this character's head. 
You know, he is, they are not doing the Sonny Steelgrave thing of going out and looking for somebody to beat up. He's trashing his own office because his own office is, in the end, what is responsible for what his son is going through. He is responsible for his son's agony. Well, I mean, we'll talk about how badly his son is taking it. Like, like a good son with a good dad, it ends up that his son is more worried about his dad than he is about himself. <laughs> Because his, like, Albert is obviously more upset about this than his son is. Yeah, well, except his son doesn't have his friends. Well, obviously. No, yeah, I'm not saying it's not big for his son, but it's like, Albert, it's it's a big deal for Albert. Maybe a bigger deal than it is for his son. And they, hell, when Vinny's comforting, they even, uh, him, Albert brings up the Kennedys. And it's like how they dad went from... You know, uh, went from having a dad who was a bootlegger. Uh, it's more complicated than that, because when you're a white guy, you can bootleg legally. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it's it's very, but he did run. He did run rum. Well, it's interesting, but it's like he ran rum. And uh, but the biggest thing he did, of course, was put together an investment firm to buy up all the distilleries. From yeah. the people who couldn't, you know, make money at this anymore because the industry had gone away, buy up all the distilleries and then, you know, work hard to undo prohibition so he could cash in on owing all the distilleries now. And that's oh, yeah. just I mean, as scummy. It's called smart. Oh, it is smart. Absolutely. And it shows that because he already had the money to do this, yes. obviously he was going to come out better. And that's the whole thing. It's It's as much about class as anything else because... Joe Kennedy was an upper-class guy, you know? I mean, he was still Irish, but he was rich Irish <laughs> because he was an upper-class guy. He, he gets away with Ma all the stuff. He was in Massachusetts. That's true. That did definitely help. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, he would not... It, anyway, there yeah. would be few other places. It was just that it's, oh, it's comparable to different places where... There were so many Irish in Massachusetts oh, and they were so interconnected with the church mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. So that, yes, you could become um, you could make it in Massachusetts, whereas you couldn't make it really in New York. No, I don't think you could make it in Chicago. Nope. Anyway, but Massachusetts, right? And it wasn't it wasn't mob related. So yeah. that sort of thing, right? It was family related and it was ties and it was yeah, all of mm -hmm. those things connected to make him rich and a person to be um a power broker. A power broker. Yeah. yeah. And as uh, he says that yeah, it's like he was a bootlegger, his son got to go to Harvard, and he's like, his son's died. Yeah. <laughs> His son's got killed though. Like there's there's price there's always prices to be paid for this stuff. And we're not gonna get into the Kennedy assassination now. This is well that is well outside of our purview. Yes. <laughs> it's far outside of our purview, but it is worth well, mentioning here. Robert did bring it up. I mean Albert oh, did bring Yeah, it up. Albert brought it up and Vinny brought it up, so we, we got our way in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> To talk about one of our favorite topics. You can always link uh, to the Kennedys. You can always link stuff back to the Kennedys. It's fascinating stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and so he tries to comfort Albert, you know, because, again, Vinny's a really good friend. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all it's all a scam to get him, but <laughs> Vinny's a really good friend. And oh. I mean, Albert even tries to to give the school lots and lots of money to build a new library, and he doesn't have yeah. to have his name on it. He doesn't care. He just wants his son back with his friends. Yeah. And then he goes out to talk to his son, and and this is the part that always got to like got to me right from the first time I watched this. Which is, I think it's fair to say that, you know, nothing he says to his son is really wrong. Because he both said, because his son asks him if he breaks the law. And it's like, why are you on TV all the time? And it's like, you know, plenty of people's dads are on TV all the time. It's like, yeah, but their dads are on TV because they're congressmen and senators. And, you know, people say you're a bad guy and you hurt people. And he comes and wonderfully... Right. Albert comes back with it. It's like, you know, and it's like, I've always done right by my friends and family. And I think that's what matters. And he says the key line for him as a character, which like that he thinks that there are two kinds of laws. And he's like, are you like, and the first kind of law is laws that powerful people make to make sure that nobody ever takes away their power. And then the second kind of laws are universal laws, which is, are you good to your friends? Are you good to your family? Do you keep your word? And he's like, I've never broken that kind of law. And so he doesn't even lie to his son, which I really liked. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, he's, wouldn't it be nice, eh? Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? It's just, I think Albert's genuinely a good dad. I know that sounds weird to, to like, be this pro-Albert Sirico, but... I was wondering, you know, doing this second watching with all of our, our cynical looks it takes, was I still going to like Albert as much as I did? And I like him more now. Well, yeah, it's, um, you know, I like this guy more than I used to. I mean, there's, there's some stuff later in the next episode that I don't like, but overall, I think I like him more than he, I used to because he's not wrong that it's like. It's not like he invented corruption. It's not like he invented the way the world works. It's not like he's destroying things. Like everybody else is in their own way. Well, and until these systems we get, of power are as they, corrupt as he is. Well, yes, except that. Okay, and there is no there is no justification around what you're talking about from the next episode, right? Yes, that 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 when we get there, we'll talk about that too. But yeah, we'll it's. It's hard. And then, of course, Vinny has to, uh, <laughs> Vinny has to resolve the problem. Yeah. And we'll get there. School. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I do want to point out that in one more thing, okay. he comforts his son because he's trying to tell him that there are laws that are more important. And what story does he tell him about people standing up for their friends and like honor being the most important thing? He tells him the plot of Tosca. Because Tosca's his favorite, you know, it's his favorite opera. He loves Tosca. He finds it a beautiful story. Because it is a story of, like, people having oaths and sticking by them, and a corrupt government. And, let's face it, people abusing their power to get what they want in a corrupt government, getting what's coming to them, although there's no happy endings in Tosca. Yes. There's, a, there's actually not a lot of happy endings in operas. Well, no, that's the whole point of an opera. Yeah, that's that's why when they have happy endings or they're yeah. a bit arsy, they call them operettas. Yep. 
Yeah. Or baby light operas. operas. Yeah. Light operas, yeah. operettas, baby operas. Yeah. It's fascinating. You know, uh, operas, no, there's no, there's no happy ending. No happy ending, ending in an opera. opera. And, and um, you know, let's face it, it's uh, Italian through and through. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Robert, I mean, Albert Sirico doesn't kind of see this in his own life, does he? No, he doesn't say <laughs> that it's all heading towards tragedy. Yeah, he just right? can't see it. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, we as the audience can can if we are paying attention and know anything about opera or Tosca. Yep, and yep. we've already had this sort of the story. Um, mm-hmm. Then you know that Where there's no happy ending for Albert Sirico. No, there can't be. Like, there can't, and not just not just because again he's one of the bad guys on a cop show. Uh, you know, but also because that is the kind of like, it's the operatic level storytelling, as you say, of the yeah. kind of life he has chosen to live and the type of man he's chosen to be. Like, it's and, always going to end in tragedy. And all of this makes it a tragedy. Yeah. Like this relationship with his son, setting up his his relationships with the people around him and his mm-hmm. friends and loyalty and all of those things that he holds dear, the unwritten laws that he lives yep. by, and they are going to destroy him. The yeah. system is going to dis well. We'll, we'll get there next episode. Destroy Albert, but yeah, well, it. yeah, again, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. Well, not next week, this week, but next episode. But yeah, I, I just think him and his son is, again, it's good. it's good. It's really good, and it's so great to see the show taking the time to do a scene like this. You know, taking the time to fully humanize Albert in a way that, like, how many moments like that did even Sonny Steelgrave get? You no. know? Well, well, no, he did. When he talks to, to Teresa. Yeah, that's that's about the only... The yeah, only. that's the fully human moment he gets. Well, and... Well, his, it's not fully his, human. He has to have sons, you know? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. You're, you're right. I shouldn't have said I'm fully sorry. human. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to claim it was fully. Not like, you know. Yeah. It's not like he's still a great guy. But yeah, he needs sons. He needs to carry on the name. And of course, there's stuff with him and Vinny where he is fully open and fully, like, vulnerable. Right. But that's it. Like, that's the only moment. Like, and he never gets a scene that is this open. Like, even Sonny Steelgrave never got a scene where he was just, everything was just this raw and open. And that's why I adore this scene so much. It's just a guy talking to his son and trying to justify his whole life in a single conversation that his son has been protected to. And meanwhile, while he's doing this, Vinny's inside the office. (laughs) Vinny's inside the office calling Frank and saying, I don't care what you have to do, get his son back in that school yeah like the congressman everybody goes to the like goes to the place just just get it done i don't care what it takes it's so funny oh yeah no it's it really is and so then uh vinnie goes and he talks to joey and carlo about how we could be expanding right now i know of a place that's got a big route that you could take over tomorrow you could get some real money real extra money coming in and joey doesn't want to hear it but carlo sure as hell does yes <laughs> right and so then we get it's very disturbing. yeah okay you take it from here <laughs> 
because I oh, might no. laugh too much. <laughs> I mean, you are talking about the disturbing scene between Joey and his wife. Oh, God, yeah. No, no, oh, and, and the one afterwards. So do the scene with Joey and his wife, and then and well, then we'll no, talk no. about Carlo's scene. No, I can't even do it. I just, I'm just, just sort of sitting there. It was so, it's funny, eh? It was just so um, uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It was, it was so, it, it too was, it's a raw scene. Yeah. You know, but basically, you know, you could just see why poor old Joey is doing yeah. what Joey's doing, but she's right at the same time mm-hmm. on a lot of things. But it's just that this sexual tension between them at the same time, right? Yep. And you're just going, oh. It is. <sighs> it's really uncomfortable to watch, and it's a really well-written and well-acted scene. Oh, yes. It's a fantastic scene. And it's like, I, this, this whole thing where it's all about, and it's a whole scene. And let's face it, everything about this relationship is about the gender roles in this world they live in. (laughs) Yeah. And what people are expected to be and what people are expected to do. And there is no, there's no middle ground, right? Yeah. You're the head of the family or you're not. Like, there is no room. He, uh, and like, to be a man is to be in charge of, uh, of and responsible for everything. And to be a woman is to be completely devoted and subservient, right? And there is no room for the kind of relationship, right, that these people have. Because she does control, right? Like, because Joey's power comes from his wife. And so he's put in this impossible position where the one thing he's supposed to be is in control. He's the man. He's the head of this family. He should, I mean, now that, you know, now that his father-in-law's dead, he's supposed to be the head of this family, but all of the power comes from his wife and she can never let him forget that. And as a consequence, they have a really screwed up relationship. Yep. It's fascinating. It's, It's these interesting gender roles. It's a kind of thing you don't really see in mob stories that much because most mob stories wouldn't give you characters who are questioning their role in things this way. Well, know, yeah. Well, mob stories I mean, tend to be men's mob stories tend to be men's stories. No kidding, and women are appendages. Exactly. I mean, the Sopranos tried to shift that a little oh, with yeah. Falco's character, his wife's character. Yep. Not so much with the psychiatrist, just because no. the psychiatrist was a woman. Exactly. That, was, that, she, that was the biggest flaw in The Sopranos. Yeah. Was Lorraine Bracco. But I'm sure that I bitched about it the first time <laughs> I watched it as we were going through. I kept bitching yep. about About this terrible psychiatrist he has. Yeah, this <laughs> god-awful psychiatrist. She's really bad at her job. You know, and it got even worse. And um, it, so it was, and I've never watched, I've never watched The Sopranos again. Yeah. It was, it was a good run through the first ones. Yeah. But why but would you go back? Or yeah. why yeah. would you go back and ever watch this thing again? No. Oh. It, it, you know, some, some people, 
I know, I know, but some people love it. Some people love the individual scenes and the jokes and the character interplay. Like some people just like rewatch The Sopranos over and over again. Like we watch rewatch Wise Guy. There are people out there. I'm not saying I understand them, but they exist. There is nobody to like in this. No, there isn't. There is not one sympathetic character in this no. in, in that entire. No. Well, no, there's like there's there's uh, Robert Patrick, the you know the high school friend of his who gets uh, who gets pulled into gambling and has his life destroyed. <laughs> he's the only likable person on the sh- in the entire run of the show, and he's just a random guy whose life gets destroyed by the mob because he went to high school with a guy who turns out to be a mobster. So yeah, like, and that's that's the most that's the most likable character you'll ever meet in the show. And I mean, it's also about how it's also a show about how the mob, you know, corrupts and destroys everything. It's just we find Wise Guy more interesting in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, because you don't see this sort of yeah. situation being put up. And no, I, I do. I mean, I do appreciate that uh, they've tried, and it's the second time. It's the second time they've done it. They did it in the rag trade. Yep, with Patricia Carbonell, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever her name was in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, she, too, right? Is in living in a world where there's no place for her, really. And so she's etched out a place. She's gone and made her own place. Yeah, but it's still... She's still the woman. And she's still... You know... um, Oh, absolutely. And that's that's key to her character and, you know, her horrible fate in that show. Yeah. Oh, God, that rag trade was so good. All right. So then uh, we get the scene where Carlo (laughs) uh, listens to what Vinny said and goes to move in on the place. And so the FBI is ready and everybody's ready. This is going to (sighs) happen. He walks in. And then Carlo walks in the door, finds out that the garbage company is run by black people <laughs> and he's like all right who's the boss i'm the boss says a black man and he's like oh screw this and he just leaves <laughs> because he's so racist that he won't even extort money from a black company <laughs> oh my god the payoff Oh. And there's everybody going, say what? Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. Yeah. What the hell? What just happened? You know? They can't believe that just happened. Oh god, it's such a funny scene. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And it's and it's not like Steelgrave didn't go after the black mob. Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah. He he I mean, but then again, you know, Sonny Steelgrave, uh, he he was a pragmatist about that sort of thing. <laughs> he he didn't like it. He thought that he thought that doing business uptown was like doing business on the moon because he had to deal yeah. with, you know, these crazy black people, but at the same time, money's money. Yeah. <laughs> is such a dedicated racist that he won't even steal money from a black person. Oh my god. It was such a wonderful <laughs> surprise the first time you see it. Yeah, the first time you see one. First time you see you're like, I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> and neither oh. can anybody else. Yeah, like the, all of the FBI agents are like, what just happened? Yeah. 
there's oh, Frank I love it. Back and... Yeah. Oh no, I love it. I love that scene so much. It is such a fantastic scene. All right. Uh, so yeah, beautiful scene. Wonderful, wonderful scene. And now Vinny's stuck because you know <sighs> he's he's got no out. Right? They've got nothing to hand him. Peter's going to do the press conference, and he's going to announce Vinny, and Vinny's just come to terms with it. And how do we see this? Again, you want to talk about people who are thinking through every element of the story they're telling. How does he explain this to his mother in the same scene where they're cleaning up her house? Yeah. You know, because remember it got shot up the other day. <laughs> Not that long ago. And so it's like they're they're just picking up the last bits. And again... It's a very obvious metaphor for how the mob has torn up his life already mm-hmm. and how he's like, this can just be who I am. And as he says, like, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to give the the mob a piece of my life that I can never get back, but so long as it gets the job done, it's worth the sacrifice. And this it's is a- the line where, it, where this is the this is the area where he where he says something like, at least if, you know, maybe I should just give up. And oh, no, that's what he said to Frank earlier. Yeah, we <laughs> When they were on the plane. We forgot, line. yeah, our favorite line. Maybe. Which is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just join the mob. They eat better. Yeah, and who said that? Who, what, what other That actually came up in Vincenzo. Vincenzo. That was it in Vincenzo. <laughs> yeah, they actually had him saying basically the same thing. Yeah. They and didn't I, I them all because they ate better. <laughs> We're like, this is another weird coincidence. Despite you know, other beyond, uh, beyond both characters having the same name, this is another interesting <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But no, it's such a good scene with him and his mother, and his mother like doesn't want her son to always be thought of as a mobster. And again, she has already gotten over her ego about this. She's fine yeah. with people thinking lies about her son. But, like, she is concerned about that he hasn't thought through what this means for the rest of his life. All right? And we know what this could mean for the rest of his life because we've just seen what's happening to Albert. Yes, we're watching it. We're watching what can happen to the rest and of his Vinny's life. And Vinny's watching it. Oh, yeah. And so, like, Vinny's got that in his head, too. And so, she goes to see... Don Ayupo. Don Ayupo and says, fix this. <laughs> and then, oh my God. And then we go to Peter's uh, press, like uh, one of his press events, and Poochie's there. Wants and to so, talk to Peter. And it was, somebody wants to talk to you. And he brings him to see the Don. And it's it's great. And then, you know, Peter gets to make his speech. The Don gets to make up with his wife. And then Vinny, like, and Vinny gets protected. And all of the other mobsters, like, it hasn't hurt Vinny's cover at all. Like, it hasn't hurt his job. And the only problem is this could mean that Rudy's going to get deported again. But as he says, I, I'm an old man with good lawyers. You know? <laughs> No, and, but here, but the interesting thing about that scene is the discussion that Rudy and Peter have. Yep. And yep. Peter denying that, that yeah. he's just the same. Like, cause that's what Rudy says. I know who you are. No, yep. you don't. Blah, blah, blah. Just cause you're, 
in the prosecutors and and then explains to him basically who he is. Yep. And that he will make these compromises and he will do anything it takes. And, and the thing is, we know Rudy's right because he was yeah. ready to destroy Vinny's life. Yeah. Of a guy who's on his side. Because he's like, well, the good I can do as the governor is yeah. worth sacrificing Vincent Terranova. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great. I mean, I know we've talked about this episode of much longer than we normally talk about these episodes yeah. for. But it's an amazing episode of television. There's so much going on here. Yeah. All these little things, these commentaries on relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you could, um, and, and on personal values and mm-hmm. how they're all going to the macro and the micro and how yep. there isn't an awful lot of difference. And all I can say is that we are now uh, 30 years later. <laughs> and um, uh, yep. uh, yeah, I would say the last few years have made a show, lot of strong points about this. Well, th- this this show, you know, um, said a lot. It about, said a hell of a lot. About all of what was coming in the future. And I don't know that they were viewing it that way, but it was what was happening. Yeah, and so yeah. that the in external corruption, um, everything, mm-hmm. it's, um, it, and how you can see these splits already. Even the, even the, even the scene, like if you were to look at this from a political angle, but and yeah. in terms of, of history, <clears throat> even the scene with Carlo. You know, yeah. walking out on the black man mm-hmm. just tells you something about what's going to happen more and more. It's not just these white supremacists, no. but it's someone like like Carlo, whose family two generations ago was being beaten down. Yep. Couldn't survive. This is how basically, yeah. quote unquote, the mob. Uh, well, it's their whole justification for starting. For starting, for starting the protection rackets. It's Ayupo, Ayupo gave that speech. Like there was no other opportunity. There was no system. Like there was no place for Italians in the system. So they built their own place. And you can say it's, you know, uh, you can say they did that by, um, you know, they did that by illegally sectioning off things and taking things they had no right to and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to ask you this. Uh, what does a landlord do? Yeah. You know, what does a landlord do? Is a landlord really that different from the guy who runs a protection racket? Like, you can't live if you don't give a landlord some money every month. You know, unless you're rich enough to have a place in the society, you're at the mercy of people like the mob. The difference is, like, a landlord gets to call the cops, you know, to have the government throw you out, whereas the mob does it themselves. But it's, is it really that different? Both times people are being, you know, having their livelihood stolen from them. People are taking away your ability to live unless you, uh, you know, unless you play their game. And yeah, we're getting back into my radical left wing theory here. But is it really that far? You know, like, let's let's not forget that in the, the formation of America, Right. There were people 
when they were trying to decide how to organize the country, who were saying that property is theft. It's not like these are new ideas. There are no. people who said that it's like the whole idea, like this country was apportioned out. I mean, I'm not going to get into the fact that it was all stolen from the people who already lived here. Let's set that aside for a second. There are people during the revolution, when they were in organizing what America was, who were making the argument that because all this land was divvied up among a bunch of rich people who the king owed favors to, right, or who the king liked, how can we say that any of this land ownership is valid? And there were people who proposed that all the land should just be held in a common trust, right? And people should essentially get, everyone should get a payment just for living in America. Because they all have on one level, uh, every person who lives in America has an equal claim to America's bounty. That didn't end up going through, obviously. But these aren't new ideas, I'm saying. And I think it's worth remembering that, like, this this kind of thing has been part of the conversation forever. The questioning of, well, where does authority come from? And at the end of the day, in the system we're living in now, if you go back far enough, it goes back to somebody killing a bunch of people and said it was okay that I did that because God told me I'm in charge. That's where our current property, if you trace it back far enough, it is an unbroken line to... Kings and queens back in the day. All right. So again, enough of that. Enough of that, Daniel. We have a very sweet ending to the episode where the kid has gotten back into the school. And so Albert and his son are able to have just like a sweet moment playing catch on the lawn with Vinny. So this, we have the sweetest possible ending an episode could have. <laughs> You know, especially an episode that's been this rough, and you've got Vinny looking at this, and we can interpret what Vinny's thinking, right? Yeah, because of course Albert thinks he got Vinny back, he got his son back into the school. Well, of course, but beyond that, I don't think it's crazy to have Vinny look at Albert and his son in the situation. And think, you know, because Vinny's the one who got Albert ba uh, Albert's son back into the school. He's the one who's helped. But at the same time, he's looking at this family that he just helped preserved. And he knows that it's his job to destroy this family. <laughs> so I think it's worth saying that that factors into his look at the end of the episode. I mean, we're never going to get, we don't get Vinny talking about it. So there's no way to say what he was thinking at the end of the episode. But I don't think it's crazy. Right? I don't think it's bonkers to say that that's factoring into that look, that, you know, reticent, almost sad look that he gives at the end of the episode, that he's like, all of this for family, all of this for his son, all of the stuff I did, and if I do things right, all of this is going to explode in the next month. You know? <laughs> it's It's worth saying. Oh, my God. All right. So then uh, final episode of the arc. That's right. It's only four episodes long. And we're probably going to talk about this next week in the wrap up. But I feel like they could have gotten more episodes out of this story. Don't you? Oh, they could have. It is rushed. It is so rushed. There is it's so rushed. much more they could have gotten out of this. They could have done. These characters are interesting enough. These relationships are interesting enough that they could have gotten eight episodes out of this with no trouble. 
this could have been almost as long or as almost as long as the Sunny Steel Greyhawk. I yeah. think I, I truly believe that. Right? Well, yeah, so because that, we never go back to the commission. We don't, I mean, they could have built it up, but I think that they were, we've talked, we'll talk about this at the end of the arc. Yeah, okay. well, we'll talk about this when, next week when we're doing our recap. Let's but yeah, because this episode is, yeah. So then the episode starts with, of course, the news that Don Iupo is running things. You get the fight with uh, Joey and Gina. That's his wife's name. I guess I should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With Joey and uh, they have this fight between Joni, uh, Joey and Gene about why isn't he uh, like how on earth you're supposed to be running things. This is supposed to be moving forward. Why on earth is, you know, Don Ayupo in charge of this? And she still wants who killed her dad to suffer. And he's like, Albert killed your dad. Uh, but, I, you know, it, it's going to require time to make a move against him because of his position in the commission. She still doesn't believe Albert did it. Yep. She thinks there's no way Albert would do it because anyone who knows Albert would know that he doesn't make those kinds of underhanded moves, right? And so then you got uh, a fight between Carlo and Joey talking about how, you know, they should have just killed everybody. They should have had professionals do it instead of this whole, you know, sleeking around trying to frame Albert and getting the commission to turn on him. He should have just sort of killed everybody. And now that's what they're going to have to do. Get rid of Albert. Get rid of Terranova. That way there's no one else to put in charge. Yeah. But, you know, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's a good move, right? And then uh, we get we get Don Iupo talking with Alex, the guy who runs the commission. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the minute he walks out, he starts talking to Vinny, and he stops pretending to be feeble. Because <laughs> everything's a manipulation with these people. Never forget that everything's a manipulation with these people. So he stops pretending to be feeble, and he talks with Vinny, and he plans with Vinny about the moves they should make. And then Albert shows up, and when Vinny says Albert's coming, he goes right back to being feeble. <laughs> It's so fantastic. Like, it's such a good scene. And this is the scene between Albert and the Don that we've been waiting for this whole time. Because Albert wants to be put in charge of the commission. Obviously, the Don's not coming back. And whoever gets Don Ayupo's blessing is probably going to get it because of the respect he has in the community. And Don Ayupo's response is, like, you can't be trusted with the commission. Like, at the end of the day, you will always take things too far. You will always, you know, make more moves than are necessary. And this is when we finally get the story, right, of what happened to Don Ayupo's son, right? Which is they went down to, like, Jersey for a card game, and some hophead shot his son over a card game. Yeah. And... And he has never been able to live this down because they were best friends. Like, they were best friends and Don Ayupo was his surrogate father. Right? And he has never, never been able to get out from under this. And he is obviously racked with guilt. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. He does honestly seem like he's racked with guilt still. And he says, I'm going to come up with a deal and I'm going to prove to you. Right? (laughs) I am going to prove to you that I can be the future of this organization. Then he runs out to the uh, hall payphones, and this is the scene I was talking about, 
Because Poochie says he's on a payphone, and Donnyupo says, call a friend at the phone company. I want to see what people are talking about on those payphones. <laughs> and again, it's a payphone. <laughs> oh. <And right> now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so crazy. And I mean, you can do this story today. Like, there's ways to hack yes. cell phones. You could still do this story today. It just seems so anachronistic when you're watching it, you know? Well, not yeah. anachronistic. Sorry, it seems that is completely the wrong word. Today, it looks like such a strange um, piece of the past. You know, it makes it seem more like it. Like we talk about how relevant all of this is today. It's at moments like this that it feels like a period piece. Well, yeah, there there are a number. You know, well, yeah, I mean, when Carlotta is talking on the car phone, you know, you yes, and doesn't know how the car phone works. Yeah, all those little scenes that remind you, oh yeah, this isn't just the past. The past that we were living in just thirty years ago is completely different than the way we live today. You know, it's not just that it's the past; it's the our base levels of social interaction have changed so much in such a short amount of time that it really does, like, so much of this seems alien almost to us. So, yeah, just some interesting note. And then we get, uh... <laughs> then we go to another one of Peter's press conferences. The garbage barge that, uh... Yeah, Albert! <laughs> that Albert has been spending sending up and down. He sent it down to the Caribbean. It came back. And by the way, that's how you know how much time has passed. This thing went all the way down to the Caribbean and came back. Right? They, def they definitely could have made more episodes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right? Uh, uh, and back in this amount of time. is come back and he's playing $6,000 a day. And Peter has arranged a press conference to welcome it home, right down to there being a brass band, the marching band there, <laughs> to welcome it. Hey, you gotta appreciate the man's sense of showmanship, if nothing else. <laughs> because, Robert, because Peter yeah. has donated all of this and they're going to build this land and they're going to do landfill thing. And yeah. It's going to be redevelopment. Like he's talking about the positive things he's going to be doing as well. Yes. And it's like this, this garbage barge is everything that's the past and wrong about New York. Uh, it's a really good scene. It's another really good scene. There's not a lot of bad scenes in this, in this whole arc, is there? No, no, there aren't. All right. And after that, we get another scene with the Don. When Joey comes to make his case that he should be the one put in charge of the commission, his, uh, you know, his step, uh, his father-in-law, I keep saying stepfather and father-in-law, because, you know, obviously one of them, it's Vinny and Joey, but they're in the same rough position, right? So his, his father-in-law was the, at the big chair. He thinks he deserves the big chair and he gets no respect from Ayupo whatsoever. In any way, shape, or form. A man who can't handle his wife can't, can't handle the commission. I know. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Well, ultimately, Vinny couldn't have handled his wife either if he well, married. Well, no. God, no. <laughs> you see how Vinny is with women? <laughs> no. He absolutely needs a lady in charge of his life. So... As expected, Joey runs to the payphone and he calls Carlo and the plan is on. They're going to get rid of Vinny and Albert. What's done is done. 
right? There's no no more half measures, no more schemes. He's just going to kill everyone between him and the throne. And then Albert takes Vinny into the barge, and we see that this barge that we've been talking about for three weeks was all a scam. He knew that nobody on the eastern seaboard would accept the garbage. He didn't care about that. He just needed an excuse to drive it down to to the Caribbean, where no one would be would now while no one would be suspicious because there's no eyes on it at the Caribbean, allowing his connections in South America to load it with a billion dollars worth of heroin. Yep. And, and Albert, and, and then oh, Vinny sees this, and he's kind of shocked because, again. He says that he has no illusions about who these guys are anymore, right? And he's just going to be able to take them all down and love doing it. Like, that's the whole speech he gives, right? But he still was impressed with Albert. Yep. And he thought Albert was the real deal, right? And the thing that I find so fascinating here is, and again, we're getting into my politics, and I'll, I won't make a big deal out of it. Albert makes a really good case. <laughs> He makes the libertarian case for drug dealing. He's like, people are going to do the drugs. The money, and the people who do the drugs, they're going to buy it from the Russians, or they're going to buy it from the Chinese, or they're going to buy it from the Jamaicans, or they're going to buy it from the Haitians, or we could come in with a billion dollars worth of drugs, we can undercut everybody, we can take back the market, and not only are we reestablishing the mafia as a, as a powerhouse in this country in a way it hasn't been since the 50s, but all the money's staying in America. <laughs> like, it's not a terrible case. Because here's the thing. What Vinny's, Vinny's response is, drugs are bad and they hurt people. Dude, you're in the mob. You know? <laughs> That's a weird case for you to be making. And then he even said, yes, and it's a, it's a wonder that Albert didn't kind of pick up on that. Um, yeah. You know, because it's not like, it's not like part of their, I, it, it would have been, yes, it would have been well, interesting no, I mean, if they had done more, more stuff. If they had but stretched I this think, I think because then Vinny says, but what if your son? Yeah got hooked on this stuff. And Albert's response is, I would give him all the help he needed. You know, well, no, his response, is, his response is, but my son would never do that because he's been raised right. But he does say, if he did, I would get him everything he needed to get better. But and you're right. Was- he, is, he is isolating himself out. He is assuming that he could never be the victim of this kind of unintended consequence. But and this scene, that speech that yes. he gives is supposed to mirror the story of what happened to Don Ayupo's son. Because again, it's like there are unintended consequences. Some hophead with a $20 gun killed Don Ayupo's son, right? And it's like, it's that kind of person that Albert would be creating more of. You know, if this drug got out there, like this horrible drug. And I mean, you know me, I'm for complete drug uh, drug decriminalization. I think everybody should have all the heroin they want. The problem, right? And the war on drugs has completely failed. So it's like Vinny is fighting a losing battle here 
But at the same time, on some level, Albert does seem to be violating. Like, he makes a good case for why he's not violating his principles. But at the same time, he is violating some of them because of what he thinks is the greater good. And like you were saying about the previous episode, that's exactly what Peter Alatori is doing. Yeah. Both men, like Don Ayupo's right. They are both the like both Albert and Peter Alatori are these kind of guys who will see a future they want to get to and make any compromise to get there. Yeah. And this this one is well, this would also, you see, I mean the other reason Albert's doing it is this is going to cement his position. Oh, absolutely. To become head of the commission. Yeah, they're, if he brings them a billion-dollar deal, they can't say yeah. no to him being the head of the commission. That's right. And he's like, and he honestly, but he, and this is what I'm saying, like, it's not that far out of character because it's a question of, do the ends justify the means, right? And he's like, yeah, this is going to be rough, and it's going to be bad, and it's going to draw more heat, and it's not going to be easy, but with me at the head of the commission, I can lead the mob into a better future. You know, I have the vision to make the mob into a force again. And who knows if he could have pulled it off, but it's like, the show allows him to make a compelling case. Yeah. And the show I doesn't just... undercut him. But please, your take on it. No, no, it, it is just, uh, it is why he's not, like, Albert is not taking a measured approach to all of this and thinking it through. Yeah. Um, in some ways, because this has always been the problem. And he's right. I mean, this is the argument. Remember in, um, when we go back to, uh, uh, operator. Hmm? I always want to say smooth operator, but you know what I mean. Oh, independent operator. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea, right, when they go, the two two brothers, right, who go and want to do the drug thing. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know. And they don't want to, they don't want to let this one guy in that's with Sonny. Yep. You know, who wants to. Yeah. The, uh, the Zorazos with their the, uh, thank the you. connection upstate. Yeah. Yeah. I only got... they bring too much heat. Yeah. And I think like, it, this is where it gets to be a little. Uh, it's dicey. For, for Albert, this is where Albert may not be the worst person in this whole world, but this is what is going to make Vinny realize that. Yes, he's still a bad guy. It doesn't matter yeah. that he's got a family and he's got this wonderful relationship with his son and he thinks loyalty is the most important thing, but it is only family loyalty and it screw everybody else. And yes, you're right to call it a, in fact, you could even call it neo-libertarian. It is. It yeah. really is. Sure. And the fascinating thing is then he takes Vinny to the office and he lays it out like Vinny's like, He'll make the deal. He'll be the seat at, uh, the head of the table. Vinny will be at his right hand because yep. Vinny represents the old part of the family. Yeah. Right. And it's like he makes a he makes a compelling case. He really does. Uh, so I don't buy it for a minute, but 
Well, yeah, I mean, um, but you don't th- like. I'm sure. Well, what part don't you buy? Just like, remember, you don't agree that- no. no it, I- okay, I mean, this drugs. When when you do this, this billion dollars worth of heroin that oh, yeah. he's sitting on and that he's yeah, brought yeah. into the country, okay, oh, yeah. is 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 supposed to remind you. That Albert, I mean, they also run the prostitution rackets. They also Absolutely. run the gambling rackets. They also run all this stuff. And, Absolutely. And there is a reason why Vinny is there to take them down. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I'm not saying, sorry, I, I should have made it clear. It's not that he makes a compelling case for drug dealing. I'm saying that you, when you're watching it, I really feel like you believe um, that he would do right by Vinny. That's all I'm saying. Like when he says to oh, Vinny, yeah, do, of course yeah, he would. Of course but he was going to do right by Vinny. Yeah, but then again, you know, it's sort of like with Steelgrave. Yeah. As long as Vinny doesn't ever cross him. Yes, well, of course. Duh. Duh. <laughs> no, no I, I do. Worse. Remember, yeah, there's nothing worse than a snitch. Oh, absolutely. No, and the show is like, it's not. Told his son that too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, people who stand by their friends are the most important people, whatever it happens. Because, again, in the story of Tosca, yeah, all of the stuff about that guy being executed, that was all legal. <laughs> you know? Huh? Legal doesn't mean moral. And that's the thing. Now, I'm not saying the drugs are the best. <laughs> all I'm saying is... I was just going to say, but you're, you're having a convoluted problem with this. <laughs> I am. I am. Well, no, I am. It's, and this is, we're going to talk a lot more about it in the recap next week. Okay. Because uh, there, there's not that much to talk about in Sleepwalk. I'll tell you that. Uh... <laughs> no. No, no. We they're real, they're that real. 10 minutes. So let's, let's move on with the story so we can get to the end oh, of yeah, the Oh, yeah. No, we're zipping right. We're zipping right to the end of the story now. Because yeah. from here on, it's all just plot stuff. Yeah. Uh, Albert goes to see... Uh, now, so the Don knows that he and Joey. Albert and Vinny are on the chopping block from Joey. So he calls Albert in. He says, you have my blessing to be the head of commission with Vinny at your right hand, uh, but Joey's going to try to kill you, so you need to deal with that. Yeah. Right? And that's what he tells him. And then, uh, and then he tells Vinny, like, keep safe, stuff is going to start happening really fast. Right? And so he tells him to watch, and then he go, and Vinny goes, <laughs> Sorry, I love this the most. And then Vinny goes and he gets on the payphone. And Donna Yupo listens to the payphone. And he gets this look on his face, and we, the audience, are like, Oh my god, Donna Yupo just found out that Vinny's a cop. Which, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty big news. <laughs> When you're and remember the first time you're watching this scene, right? Yes. Oh no, it was scary. It's scary. Yeah. The first time you watch this scene, and so you know, Vinny gets on the phone. Johnny Openos is a cop. Then this is when he tells him stuff's going to start happening really fast. You got to be careful. Vinny gets to drag downstairs to talk with Frank. Vinny tells him about the heroin and that there's going to be a giant deal that Albert's going to use the heroin. To get his space at the top, Albert gets on the phone with Joey to talk this out. They agree to meet for uh, they agree to meet for dinner, and they have that whole you ask you pick the play you know you call the meeting I pick the place. So they have to go to where Joey wants to go, and while he and Carlo 
uh, and his wife, Gina, are talking about this. He's like getting a gun and screwing on the silencer to give to Carlo. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's like this is going to be the perfect time to get rid of it. And so we have the meet, and then we have the meeting, and Albert makes the pitch, right, to Joey. He tells him about the billion dollars, but the price for being in on the deal is you get rid of, like, the price for getting in on the deal is I, I sit head of the table, I'm in charge of the commission, you're second in command. And Joey, of course, accepts it because he's planning to have Albert killed. <laughs> and so we get out to the car, and we get a fantastic scene between the two of them. And, you know, Joey admits to killing uh, Ziffo. <laughs> Tony Ziffo killing his father-in-law and then uh and then Tony's uh and then of course Joey says well I didn't do it Carlo did but you know it had to get done meanwhile Carlo's 20 feet away about to execute Albert when Albert shoots Joey in the head <laughs> and the thing is but what they, neither of them know is that Vinny has told the FBI about this, so there's 50 cars waiting to rush up the minute he pulls the trigger. Oh, my God. Oh, it's such a good scene. <laughs> and there's such a good scene. Yeah, and then Albert's going to jail. Although, I'll say this, he makes a good case for self-defense. Joey is, as he said, a known violent man, and Joey did have a gun on him, so... As he says, I'll take my chances with the jury. I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> and given how American juries work, who the hell knows, right? Yeah. And so this is where it gets fantastic. So now Frank and Vinny are talking and they're like, with Albert in jail, how the hell do we get the rest of the commission? And how the hell do we deal with this heroin? Like, we can seize the heroin, but, you know, all that gets us is Albert, maybe. Because, you know, maybe Albert plays dumb about the heroin on the boat. Who the hell knows, right? He didn't know it was there. Yeah, he didn't know it was there because, and this is the weird part, this is one of those situations where Vinny can't testify anonymously as a confidential informant because almost nobody knew about the heroin except for Vinny. Yeah. So it's like, it would essentially, testifying in any way against Albert would reveal that Vinny was a cop, which is a risky as hell move that obviously they don't want to do. So Albert, Vinny goes to see Albert. Albert's like, you got to get the hair, you got to keep the, finish the deal, get the heroin moving. Right. And get, you know, get my place at the top of the commission. You'll run things for me as long as I'm inside. And Vinny quite reasonably says, the cops are following me everywhere I go. I can't get to the hair. I'll lead them right to it. You need to find someone you can trust. And then we find out about his relationship. With oh. <laughs> oh my God. Which comes as a complete shock. It is a complete shock, but it certainly contextualizes everything, everything that she has to say about Albert this whole time and everything he thought about Joey, which yeah. is they used to date back in the day. Yep. <laughs> And they should have gotten married. Yeah, and they should have gotten married. It would have been the best for everybody. (laughs) They would have been such a better couple. And he would have listened to her. He would, and that's the thing. She could have had the relate. They could have had the relationship that right that 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 Sonny wanted, like with this wife 
who was a strong wife. A wife who could, who knew the mob and wanted to advise him and he would have listened to and respected her. Like, none of this would have happened if he had just become Tony Zippo's son-in-law. All yeah. of this would have been avoided. Yeah. And she didn't marry him. And she didn't marry him. And as he says, you never should have married a man you could control because you'd never respect him. And I'm like, damn, this just got sexist. Well, yeah, but... It's the world they live in. It's the water they swim in. You know, that's just who yeah. they all are. And it, yes. And he proposes the most revolutionary thing that he had ever proposed, which is she comes in. Like, she goes to work with him and she's like, I'd never, you know, do that with the man who killed my father because, you know, it looks like Joe, he's making moves. And so he confronts her with the obvious truth that Joey did it. And Carlo pulled the trigger. And she says he's lying, but she knows it's true. Yeah. She knows who her husband was. And that's the key. So then we get the big scene where we get her literally <laughs> summon the entire, right? Summon yeah. the entire commission to a meatpacking plant for the big talk to show them the heroin and make the deal. And the irony the FBI was already listening at that meatpacking plant. <laughs> they didn't even have to pull us, do anything special. It was yeah. already being covered. <laughs> They've had a lawyer up for three years and gotten nothing out nothing. of it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Peter, gold. Peter, I know. And then uh, she says her terms for them getting, her terms for them getting the money, right? here in the meatpacking district, is Albert has to sit at the head of the table. And Carlo's pissed about this because Albert just killed his cousin. And Gina's response to that is murdering Carlo of with course. a captive bolt stunner because he's the one who killed her dad. Yep. So they've got her murdering somebody on camera. And then we got the rest of the commission taking the deal, right? Yep. Yeah, and the key part and the is... $8 billion worth of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it's it's perfect. The billion dollars worth of heroin, everything. And then Frank is like, this couldn't have gone better. Every single member of the commission, everyone who attacked, uh, you know, attacked on Ava, like, everyone's gone. Right? And then Vinny realizes something. <laughs> this worked out really well for Don Ayupo, didn't it? <laughs> Yep, it did, because he had told Vinny that stuff was going to happen. So he's the one who got Vinny to make sure that Albert was followed. He's the one who got Albert to kill Joey, right? So he's the one who made sure that Albert would be in jail so that everybody would get involved in the heroin takedown, not just Albert, because he wanted all of them gone. <laughs> And Vinny realizes, oh my god, this entire thing from episode two has all been moves that Don Ayupo was playing using the rest of them as pawns. And Don Ayupo has known he was an FBI agent. And that's the key part. And when For he goes a long to time. Well, no, and as as that's what he realizes, because the next scene is him going to see Don Ayupo. He's like, How long have you known I was a Fed? Because he realizes that Don Ayupo only could have made these plans 
if he knew Vinny was a Fed. Yep. Like, there's no way any of these plans could have worked if he hadn't known all along that Vinny was a Fed. Not just based on the phone, like, listening in on the phone. So he's like, how long have you known I was a Fed? And Carlotta told him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> she told him that night. Yeah, and Donna, the funny thing is, Don Ayupa might not have done anything about it if no. Joey Grosso had not... Grosso had well, not yeah. Taking a shot at him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's the thing, because we found out the day he got back, Grosset, through, you know, the intermediary, had sent the death threat. And so he knew that his family was never going to be safe from the mob. And so the minute he got those plane tickets and the threat and found out, you know, the guy had been shot in his car the night before, he was like, oh, damn, I'm going to have to deal with the whole commission or my family will never be safe. And then he used Vinny to do it. I do not know. Do not know why Vinny was well, other, other than his masculinity. And that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just testosterone. Because yeah, it Vinny is. shouldn't really be all that upset. He's and the thing is, it's the scene between them is so brutal. Yeah, it is. He he did believe like he thought. On some level, he says, I, I'm not going to get taken in by these guys anymore. But he did like Albert. And yes. what he says to, and what he asks is, the, like, one of the big things is not how he could you manipulate me. is like, how could you betray Albert? Yeah. Who loved you, right? Who only tried to do right by you and me. And it's like, for all the stuff he said in his head, he was still Don Ayupo's son. And he was still a mobster in his own head. He still cared about Albert. Don Ayupo had clearer eyes about what was going on than Vinny did. Yep. And that's what makes the end of this arc so brutal. Oh, no. I mean, that ending is just so brutal. And Don Ayupo sitting by himself there. I know. Vinny, I'm never going to talk to you again. And you broke my heart. Yeah. And then he walks off. And that's the end of the arc. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and you say what you will. This should have been at least six episodes. Right? We should have we should have gotten into the other we should have gotten into the power games in the commission. We should have like met the other members of the commission and found out what was going on with them. Like there should have been you could have done a whole half season arc about this thing. It definitely should have been at least you know, six episodes. As long but as I will say at long, at least as long as the garment trade, you know, at least yeah. get that the garment trade length, right? Yeah. The the rag trade stuff. But I will say this: in these five episodes, because you count in La Lacrima de Amore, it is like I think it's as good as any five episodes of Wise Guy. Yeah, I I don't I don't have a I I think I I don't have any problem with it. What I'm what I'm saying is like it might not hit as hard as the white supremacy arc. It might not like leave you feeling sick the way the garment trade does. But what I'll say is, if you're talking about digging into who Vinny is, this is one of the most powerful arcs. Well, this is this is the arc that says that even after two, two and a half years that he's been doing this and dealing with the mob, he's still yeah. yeah, you had to have this to just see how conflicted he still is. Yeah, that it's not that simple. 
Like, it's not as simple as, I am clear-eyed now. Like, when he says that, he's not, he's lying to himself. Yes. He's not lying to his mother, he's lying to himself. Anyway, so, fantastic arc. (laughs) We'll talk more about it next week. But for right now, uh, we're going to wrap this up. So we will see you back here next week for more Wise Guy. And of course, Tuesdays, you can listen to us talking about magnificent Korean drama Vincenzo, which is going to run like past the end of Wise Guy, maybe. I mean, we're going to see how that Oh, goes. it will. It, it might, given the episode. Oh, yeah. Thing. So well, no, I was just like, tell everybody I'm, 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 I have started my Korean lessons. Yes, she started learning Korean so she can understand the drama better. <laughs> and, and so we can stop humiliating ourselves with the way we pronounce people's names. It will take a while, though. It's going to take a while, but yeah. we're working on it. But She's working I, on it, and she'll tell me what's what. Yes, and I have to admit, I was watching a movie, a Korean movie. So yeah. there are, you know, ad movies, too, um, last night, and... And so I saw the words, the English, and I, yeah. I so I said, okay, I know that word. <laughs> I actually know how that word is supposed to sound, sort of, because yeah. Korean is is weird. I won't even get into it. I'm sure I'm going to learn all about it and it won't be weird, but right now it's weird. And sure enough, I could actually pick out the, the word, word in the, word the, the person was saying. Word. Yeah, it was the word family, right? And I could actually pick out the root. And it had obviously some additives because of where it was in this sentence in Korean. And I also <laughs> now know that kamsamida is at the end of almost every sentence. So it has to do something to indicate the end of a sentence or the end of a statement or the end of something. So I actually know what I can actually, I could read Korean and tell you when the end of something is because I know the signals for consumption. Symbols that go at the end of the sentence. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff coming yeah. with Vincenzo uh, and Wise Guy going forward. And of course, if you have any questions for us, if you have any comments, if there's any suggestions you have for profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and of course, the big one, uh, if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find out about the show. We're going to see you back here next week for more, but until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.